Welcome to Evolve Nutrition Radio, where you learn how to ditch the diet mentality and deconstruct your health and fitness goals into habits you can do for the rest of your life. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in, and I want to welcome you all to another episode of Evolve Nutrition Radio. I'm your host, Alex McMahon, and this is episode 13, Are Fat Loss Foods Real? Now, I have to start by saying that while none of you can see me at this current moment, because obviously this is a podcast, I'm making quotation marks with my fingers when I say fat loss foods. So if that gives you any indication of how I feel about the subject, there you go. Um, I can totally understand where the confusion comes from when it comes to the idea of being sold that certain foods promote fat loss because a lot of people will look at someone who has an easier time losing fat and start to examine their diet and assume that it has mostly to do with the kinds of foods that the person's consuming, not the exercise, their genetics, or specifically like the calorie counts for those specific foods for that person. And even sometimes when you're scrolling through health and nutrition websites or if you're on social media and see articles discussing certain fat loss foods, um, this idea is just plain false though. And there's usually some kind of diet or agenda on the back end of this claim that is serving to actually make somebody else money. So I'm here to tell you that there aren't actually any fat loss foods. Um, I probably should have held out on saying that until a little bit later in the podcast. (laughs) As you could very easily tell, I'm not super tongue-in-cheek about this subject, but I do need to say there are, however, certain foods that have a different metabolic effect than others, but this doesn't mean that consuming this food is eventually going to end in fat loss. Um, Calories from any type of food in excess can absolutely result in gaining body fat. Now, there are certain foods that help to keep you better satiated, fuller for longer. And as anybody knows who's ever set out to try to lose body fat, controlling your appetite and keeping a lid on your hunger is what can really make or break somebody's attempts at either being successful or not being successful when it comes to achieving fat loss. So typically when these higher satiety foods are consumed, uh, people generally have a much better control of their appetite, which allows them to more easily adjust their intake of food, um, leading to things such as snacking less and making better food choices, which over a long enough period of time can absolutely result in fat loss. However, these very same foods that are very high satiety, if you were to overconsume them, you could absolutely gain body fat doing so. When someone's looking to lose fat, a huge component to their success is going to be balancing their appetite and food intake to prevent any kind of overconsumption or binging behavior. So something that I've seen repeatedly time and time again with people is their ability to be able to eat very well throughout the day to make really good food choices, but they are strictly doing so reliant on willpower. And then at nighttime, when that willpower is very low, when the person's made a ton of decisions throughout the day, that is when they'll typically end in a big binge. Another thing that I'll stereotypically see with people is folks who tend to really undereat throughout the day and really kind of backload their food to the nighttime, they'll typically end up far overshooting the calories that they need because it's almost created this bottleneck effect with their hunger where instead of eating in a more kind of rhythmic pattern and getting the right foods more often throughout the day, they kind of let that hunger grow and grow and grow and then it just kind of explodes at nighttime and They end up far overshooting their calorie needs for the entire day. To help people prevent food overconsumption, it's always a good idea to consume foods that are actually more satiating, that leave you feeling fuller and more satisfied for a longer period of time after eating them. Now, as an example, um, if we were to compare boiled potatoes and cookies, now, 
Let me just say this up front. I may work in nutrition, but nonetheless, I know that there is no comparison when it comes to taste between cookies and potatoes. However, there is a big difference in the amount of fullness that someone would get per calorie. And there's a significant difference between these two foods. You would need far fewer calories from the boiled potatoes than you would a cookie to feel much more satisfied and full. And this is because potatoes are going to be much higher on that satiety index. Before we can discuss what makes a food high satiety, it's important to define what satiety actually is. So satiety is known as the feeling of fullness that we experience after we eat a food, and it leads to a reduction in the physical and mental need to try to eat any more food. There was a scale developed in 1995 that helped to measure the satiety effect on different foods based on an identical amount of calories. The foods were ranked on how well they were able to satisfy hunger. There were some commonalities among the foods that rated the highest on the satiety index, and we're going to get to those in just a minute, but there's one important distinction to make here. Remember, our digestive system doesn't have a way to calculate calories, but it has receptors that respond to how much stretching the stomach has done to accommodate the food. So we need to keep that in mind when we're discussing the volume of a food and the satiety felt from it along with the amount of calories that the food has. A food can be very high in satiety but be very low in calories and we're going to be discussing that in just a little bit. So next up, let's talk about some of the characteristics that typically some of the highest satiety foods ranked and that they have in common. So one of the very first things was that they were higher in protein. One of the most satisfying macronutrients that helps to preserve lean muscle mass when trying to lose body fat is protein. If you want to learn more about how crucial and pivotal protein is to our health, listen to podcast number 12 where we go into everything that you would need to know about protein, including the different ranges that I would recommend. So first and foremost, many of these high satiety foods were going to be high in protein. Next up is they were higher in volume. So volume is typically due to the air, water, and fiber content of some foods, and they're much bigger and take up more room and volume, especially in your stomach. Your brain interacts with your digestive system to regulate your food intake, and significant volume is a great way to help reduce hunger and send the satiety signal to the brain to turn off hunger. Another important thing to keep in mind is that physical hunger and cravings are two very different things. Hunger comes from the physical need for food, while cravings are really just the brain wanting a specific food. Another thing that all these foods had in common was they were all single ingredient whole foods. They were minimally processed and they all came from nature. Next up, all these foods were pretty decently low in calories. So many of these foods are much lower in caloric content, especially for the weight of the food. They also contain a good amount of water, fiber, and some were either higher in carbohydrates or higher in protein or maybe both. Lastly, all these very high satiety foods were actually very high in fiber. So an interesting fact is that any calories from fiber that we consume can't actually be used for energy with the exception of the bacteria living in our colon. But the health benefits of fiber are well established and can be found in a number of single ingredient whole foods including fruits, vegetables, legumes, and some nuts and seeds as well. But the health benefits of fiber are well established. Fiber provides bulk and helps people to feel fuller for longer, and it also helps to slow the gastric emptying of foods from the stomach, typically leaving people with a higher amount of satiety. So next up, we're going to be talking about the high satiety foods, because what would an episode of Evolve Nutrition Radio be if I didn't give you some actionable steps or some easy-to-use information to incorporate into your own nutrition day-to-day? We're going to be looking at some of the highest satiety foods and explaining why they rank so highly on the index, and a few of these actually might surprise you. The very first food that actually ranked the absolute highest in the satiety index is boiled potatoes. 
Now, potatoes have gotten a bad rap, especially in the low-carb community, but in all reality, they're an extremely nutritious food. Calorie for calorie, they contain more nutrients than sweet potatoes as well. So boiled potatoes score the absolute highest of any food on the satiety index and provide a number of vitamins and minerals that promote health, such as vitamin C and potassium. Compared with many other higher carbohydrate foods, when it comes to satiety, potatoes take the cake hands down. Potatoes also have a high amount of water, a moderate amount of carbs, and a modest amount of fiber and protein. They're an absolute powerhouse when it comes to satiety per calorie of food. Next up, ranking only second to boiled potatoes is fish. So fish is packed with a highly available and easily digestible protein. Now what was used in the satiety index was a certain form of light white fish named lingcod. Out of all the protein-rich foods on the satiety index, fish actually ranked the very best, beating out both eggs and beef. And lingcod was only second overall in the satiety rankings to boiled potatoes like I mentioned above. The third best food is eggs. Now, it's a shame that eggs got a bad reputation for so long because of their cholesterol content and the saturated fat that they have, but the fact remains that they are an absolutely perfect source of protein and an extremely nutrient-dense food. The yolk of an egg contains most of the nutrients, especially with regard to the antioxidants and choline, which is an especially important nutrient for cognitive function. The whites contain a solid source of protein that has all the essential amino acids that you need. Aside from being such a nutritional powerhouse, eggs also scored very highly on the satiety index as well. Now next up is another one that might shock you, which is a staple for most people and has been for quite a long time in their breakfast, and that is oatmeal. For the volume of space that it takes up in your stomach, when it's cooked, oatmeal actually has a pretty low caloric content and contains a great amount of fiber, specifically a soluble form of fiber named beta-glucan. So part of what makes oatmeal such a high satiety food is due to that highly soluble fiber content and its ability to soak up water and expand and take up a greater volume in your stomach. The protein content of oatmeal is nowhere near eggs, but it's another added benefit with this highly satiating food. Next up is apples. So fruit can be a great addition for people who'd like to satisfy their sweet tooth in a healthy manner without consuming a hyperpalatable and calorically dense form of food. For those who have an excessive sweet tooth, just be sure you're not over-consuming fruit and using it as a substitute for more processed forms of sugar. I've seen this happen a lot with a ton of people who are trying to kick their sugar habit and they kind of lean on fruit and start to use that as their substitute for it. So apples have a high water and fiber content, which can help to slow the gastric emptying and leave you feeling fuller for longer and providing more bulk, and they're absolutely very low in calories as well. So next up, we're going to be discussing a few of the foods that weren't quite as high in the satiety index, but absolutely deserve an honorable mention. So first and foremost, we have meat. So higher protein foods are generally going to be much more filling for people and also require much more energy because of the thermic effect of the food for the body to break it down and digest it. So meat is going to be an absolute powerhouse. Next up is Greek yogurt. Now we're talking plain Greek yogurt, not with any kind of added flavorings or sugars or anything like that. And Greek yogurt's a much thicker pr and protein dense form of yogurt that's very easy to add some fruit to and can help you to feel much fuller for much longer in between meals. Another great one that's just phenomenal for overall health as well as also being highly satiating are vegetables. They're low in calories, they're high in volume, they're extremely nutrient dense and contain tons of fiber to keep you feeling much fuller for much longer. The next one is cottage cheese. 
This is another high-protein dairy food that contains a relatively small amount of both fat and carbohydrates naturally. Certain studies have related the satiety from cottage cheese to that of eggs, which is pretty high up there when you consider the fact that eggs were only third on the satiety index. In short, the important thing to keep in mind here is that there are no real fat loss foods. That's a marketing gimmick. Beware. But there are foods that are absolutely more filling and more satisfying that can help you to better control your appetite. Make sure you're focusing on eating whole foods that leave you feeling fuller for longer with fewer calories, and this can make the process of losing fat and maintaining your appetite and managing your hunger a lot easier. So the foods that we discussed today that rank much higher on the satiety index also tend to be minimally processed foods that are much higher in fiber, water content, volume, and also their protein content. Keep in mind that by using some of these high satiety and high volume foods, it can make your fat loss a little bit easier. If you're tired of trying to crack your own fat loss code on your own and would like some help from a coach, I'm going to be providing a form for you to fill out that's in the show notes. So there'll be a link in there for you to click on and it will take you to a specific form that will allow you to hop on the phone with me for a free 20-minute discovery session. We'll discuss your main goals, the roadblocks that are keeping you from achieving those goals, and then the habits and strategies that we'd use to get you the results that you desire. There's absolutely nothing to lose, and even if we don't end up working together, you'll leave with a great start on the path to your goals. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to Evolve Nutrition Radio, and if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Evolve Nutritional Therapy. You can find me on both Twitter and Snapchat at Evolve NTPDX. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Evolve Nutritional Therapy LLC. You can email me directly at evolvent.pdx at gmail.com. Take care and I will talk to you next week.